you so much. And uh, hey, do me a favor. Look to the person on either side of you and repeat after me. You are sitting by the best looking person here. There you go. Now you feel, now tell the other person, sorry, but that you chose the other person over them. All right. Hey, we're glad to be here with you today. Amen. I'm so grateful that Pastor Dan has allowed me to stand in his pulpit and to be able to communicate the word of God to you. It's so good to see several of you and those of you I don't know. It's so good to meet you. And uh, man, this is, I'm just going to be honest with you. It was, uh, um, uh, this is what we dreamed when God brought Watermark and LifePoint together. And, um, we are so thrilled, and I promise I won't cry the rest of the time, okay? But we are so thrilled what God is doing here and how he's moving. And man, we pray for you often. We pray for you every week, and we pray for Pastor Dan and Pastor Jason. And so we're grateful to be able to be here with you today and just to hang out with you also. Now, to those of you just like me, Buckeye fans, I'm sorry, all right? And so I know it's morning today, but uh, man, well, it's okay. We'll, we'll see what God has in store for them, okay? Not that God cares anyways, but... But, um, hey, when uh, a lot of you know this, here's that. Man, I am a, uh, I love movies. And one of my favorite movies is, uh, is called Draft Day. It's about the Cleveland Browns. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. And uh, that is funny because in this movie, it's an amazing movie how the GM, Sonny, is trying to, uh, he's trying to decide who he's going to draft first. Uh, and really, when we say this, that the Browns, if you're a Browns fan, even though we're kind of having a good year, our, our best day is draft day because we get so excited about what's going to happen with the Browns. And then we're, they always let us down. Anyways, but uh, in, in this movie, uh, later on, he, he picks the player that no one wanted him to pick, but yet he lays this piece of paper down and it literally says this here, no matter what, I pick this player, no matter what, all right? And you're like, and it all ends great because man, the, the, they, they pick this player and then they pick it. And it was it's like, literally, if you're a Browns fan, you're like the end, you're like, God, please let this movie happen in real life. It's awesome. All right. But no matter what, he stood by what he thought that needed to happen for the Browns. Well, listen here, all right? Today, we're going to look in Daniel chapter 6, and you've been part of a series called Exiles, and we're going to see in this chapter that Daniel said, no matter what, I will follow God. No matter what happens, I will stand with God. Now, in this series, and man, I went back and listened to all the, the messages that Pastor Dan did. Man, did such a great job. And we see that uh, the exiles, I mean, the, the children of Israel, the, uh, they're about 10,000-ish. Uh, the teenagers were taken captive. And they were, I mean, they were taken captive by Babylon and they were relocated and they were re-educated. You guys have been talking about that. Uh, and even though, listen, even though they probably felt that maybe God had forgotten them. Here's what we got to remember is that these exiles affected Babylon more than Babylon affected them. And how he uses them to change this nation. And, and this is helpful because, man, we all face moments where we maybe have felt forgotten. Have you ever felt forgotten before? I remember one time when I was in uh, middle school, my dad was a pastor at a church. And um, this is way before cell phones and other stuff like that. And I was sitting in his office because we were told that after church, we were supposed to come to his office and then we would all get in the car and we would go home and have lunch, all right? So I'm sitting in his office and it's almost like an hour after church and I'm the only one there. And I thought, I, I wonder if they have forgotten me because everyone's gotten, uh, everyone's gone in the church. So I call home and I, I call my house and my dad answers. He goes, hello. And I said, dad, this is Rick. <laughs> and he goes, Rick, I 
said, yeah, your son. And, and he's like, where are you? I said, I'm at the church. He's like, well, we're home eating lunch. And, and I'm like, into my mind at the moment, I thought, wait, you're actually eating lunch without me. I'm one of your kids, all right? And, um, and literally he said, he yells to my, my mom, Polly, we, we forgot Rick. And she, you can hear everyone starts to laugh. Oh, we forgot Rick. It was awesome, okay? And, uh, and, and, and all of a sudden he said, hey, man, we'll be there in a little bit. Well, an hour later, because I literally think they sat down and go, we'll get him after we're eating lunch, all right? And so they come and get me, and I felt like, man, <laughs> they forgot me, which they did, all right? And so from then on out, I, I didn't go to his office. I went straight to the car. I mean, I was like, I, you're leaving, I'm leaving with you, all right? But these children probably thought, man, man they probably felt forgotten, but yet the, the tests that they go through draw them closer to God. The test that, that God puts them through and builds their faith. Matter of fact, listen to this statement. Faith is more about how you live than where you live. Faith is more important about where, how you live than where you live. And, and we're going to see in Daniel chapter 6, and in this chapter, man, it's one of the most well-known stories that most of us know about, whether you're a Christian or not, that you've heard about Daniel and the lion's den. Now, we, most of us have heard this maybe growing up in church, and we've heard about this story. But here's what is interesting about this, is that the lion's den, we so focus on the lion's den that that's not the main part of the story. The main part of the story is how Daniel reacts to what's going to happen. Matter of fact, we see that we would say, man, this was a, a miracle. <laughs> this is a miracle of, a, of what happened with Daniel and the lion's den. But let's just all agree, is this here, is that a miracle occurs when a natural order of the world is momentarily suspended. Right? It's momentarily suspended. Matter of fact, most of, of us at one time or another have either asked this question about things in the Bible. The question is this here, could this really happen? Could this really happen? We've all been there before. And, and listen, the reason we ask those questions is because it's hard to re reproduce this stuff. I don't, I don't think, it, I've heard another story about a man that was thrown into a lion's den and, and didn't get eaten. I mean, it's hard to reproduce this stuff. And the reason is this here is that so many times, right, we see this and we're like, how do we reproduce that? But what we got to remember is this, is that there's two spiritual views in our country, the one is this here is that, man, there is a God. As a matter of fact, Gallup poll tells us that there's 81% of adults who believe that there is a God, right? And then there's the other ones that basically say, no, 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 I believe in science. I don't believe in God. Now, we would say, man, most of the people fit within these two positions of, man, there's a God, there isn't a God. But here's what we got to remember is this one says this here, man, there's a God and he created the whole world. And so him stopping the natural order to do a miracle is very believable because he's God and he can do what he wants and he's awesome. But then there's the people that say, no, 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 no. Listen, I, I believe only in scientific method. All right. Which is this, which offers reproduction, uh, reproducible events in a laboratory and seeing it firsthand. But let me give you an illustration of that, all right? In the last 30 to 35 years, all right, in some fields like quantum mechanics, it tells us this here, that the laws that we thought govern a natural world don't always work at times. As a matter of fact, let's say this. If we take a laser in Los Angeles, all right, and you divide a certain crystal into its smallest parts, and you take some of those parts to New York, if you divide the parts in L.A. to a certain speed, the parts in New York City start to spin in the same, in the same way. And, and, and you ask scientists, and, and literally a lot of them go, I don't know how it happens. Matter of fact, listen to this. 
Einstein noticed this in a single laboratory, and here's what he called it, spooky motion. <laughs> spooky motion. Now, if you're thinking, Rick, we didn't know you studied quantum entanglement theory. I didn't, all right? I looked it up on the internet, and we know that if it's on the internet, it's true, right? <laughs> but look here, I guess what I'm saying is this here is that for people to say, well, no, I only believe in science, but the best thing we come up with is spooky motion to kind of create things, to try to explain things. When really we can say, man, God is so much, man, he's so powerful and we put our faith in him and we rest in him because these stories are true and we look back at him and go, man, God is an amazing God. So you've been walking through Daniel and in Daniel chapter six, there's a new king that's, um, that's introduced and his name is Darius, all right? And here's what Darius is doing. Let me set the scene for you in Daniel chapter six. He's taking the kingdom, he's splitting them up into different areas. He's got people over these areas, but he's got about basically three guys are going to be over all those people. And then basically this here, he, man, he loves Daniel. He says, Daniel, I'm going to have you be over everybody. And here's what happens though, is these people do not want Daniel over them. They, they get jealous of Daniel because, man, he's getting ready to be in charge. He's getting ready to be the main man. He's getting ready to be the dude, right? And they don't like it. And we're going to see in this scene here is that, man, they try to do all they can to pull that away from Daniel. But really the big theme is this here. Your worst days are behind you because in the lion's den, God is with you, which means your best days are ahead of you. So here's what I want to do. I want to break down that statement real quick for you. If you got your Bibles, it'll also be on the screen. Turn to Daniel chapter 6. In Daniel chapter 6, we're going to start with verse 3. And look what happens in verse 3 through 5. It says this. Then Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and straps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the seraphs sought to find ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no uh, ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men <laughs> said, we, we shall not find any, any ground for complaint against him, this Daniel, unless we find it in the connection with the law of his God. Now, here's what's happening. Daniel, at this time in his life, is older. Matter of fact, a lot of theologians say that he's in his 80s here. All right? and, and what that tells us this here is that it doesn't matter what age you are, God still has a plan for you. All right? God, if you're still living and breathing and you're here this morning and you've walked in here, all right, God has a plan for your life. But here's what happens, because he's getting ready to kind of be the, the vice president, if you would say. But these other leaders, they investigate into his life. Matter of fact, we would say is, man, they see us eye him. Man. They, they, they try to find all the dirt on him and try to find all the stuff on him. But here's what happened, though. Here's what they find out. There was nothing against him. Matter of fact, he paid all of his bills on time. Uh, he didn't fly off the handle. Uh, he never got a speeding ticket in his chariot, right? Uh, his coworkers loved him. Matter of fact, they would say this. This guy is perfect. His only weakness is how much he loves his God. When I read that, I thought, I wonder if people say that about me. Man, there's nothing against Rick except for <laughs> he loves his God. Man, he, he loves Jesus. And it challenged me because I'm like, Lord, help me to be more like Daniel. And so we see this here is that, man, his strength, they think it's a weakness how much he loves God. But we see here is that it's his strength on how much he loves God. 
Matter of fact, if you look at Daniel chapter 6, verse 7 through 8, look what happens here. Because they try to come up with a way to, to get Daniel out of his position. Here's what it says. It says, all the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the straps and the counselors and the governors, all uh, are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction. That whoever makes petitions to any other god uh, or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish this injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law, the Medes, and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. So these guys get together and they have a meeting. Daniel's not there because he would have never agreed to this. And they say, hey, here's what we'll do. We'll go to the king and say, hey, great king. Oh, you're so awesome. All right. Let's make a law that no one can pray to any other God or any other person except for you for 30 days. And if they pray to someone else, we throw them in the lion's den. Now, the king, who is not a Christian, all right, or wasn't even following God then, he kind of thinks, you're right. People should pray to me, all right? Uh, listen, it should be all about me. As a matter of fact, he, he's saying, man, no one should do anything except for pray to Emma for 30 days. As a matter of fact, listen to this here. The lion's den wasn't a zoo that they went to and go, hey, here's the lions. Let's look at them. Oh, let's throw you in, all right? The lion's den was capital punishment. That they used to, to show, hey man, if you break this law, here's what's going to happen. And the law of the Medes and Persians stands for this. It meant that once it was signed, it could not be changed. Why? Because the king, all right, the change in the law would admit the fault of the king of the Persians. And listen, he could not be wrong. So he couldn't change the law. You say, well, Rick, what, what happens here? Look at Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. It says, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed. So Daniel knew this, all right? He knew it's been signed. He went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber, open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before, <laughs> before his God as he did previously. So here's was Daniel's response, all right? He's, I imagine him saying this. So there's a new law with death penalty attached to it that says, I can't pray except to Darius. And then Daniel says this, I guess I'll just go pray to my God like I've always done. <laughs> like I've always done. And here's what happens. Those people were watching for Daniel. Man, they, they wanted him to stumble. Man, they wanted to grab him. And listen, they had like a, a watch schedule. Hey, man, let's make sure we're watching Daniel, see what he's doing and stuff like that. And then they find, they see him praying to, to get the one true God. And I just imagine, all right? Of course, my mind imagines a lot of stuff and everything. And I imagine they see him praying and they walk away and they go, we got him. We got him, man. We got him. And we're going to go tell the king, all right? You say, well, Rick, how does that fit into our life? Because, man, we hear this story about Daniel. We hear about the different things. And sometimes, like I said before, we see this story and we're like, man, did that really happen? And these are true stories that, that, that actually happened. And so I want us to walk away with three things today that helps us in today's time. Because so many times we read this and we're like, God, how does this fit into my life? And today, how, how does this fit in my life? Well, here's the first thing I want us to see is this, is your worst days are behind you. Now, let me also say this, though. I didn't say your worst circumstances are behind you, all right? Because there's always going to be circumstances. There's always going to be something that happens. There's always going to be 
disappointment. <laughs> I mean, yesterday, if you're a Buckeye fan, we were disappointed yesterday, right? And, and I have a couple friends who are Michigan fans, and uh, uh, they, they let me know how excited they were, all right? And so I just didn't reply back because I wanted to stay, I wanted to be a Christian still. All right, all right so, and you say, well, Rick, what do you mean by your, your worst days are behind you? Daniel knew this here, all right? When he was taken captive back when he was 13 or 14 years old, he learned that the most important thing in his human being life is that he should follow after God no matter the circumstances. And so when he was way back here, when he was a teenager, he said, I will follow God no matter what happens in my life, no matter the circumstances. So literally Daniel would look at each day and go, man, this is the day that the Lord hath made and I will rejoice in it. Why? Because he is the one that has given me this day. No matter the circumstances, no matter what happens in my life, I can stand for God. As Christians, we say this, no matter what happens in our life, we can stand for Christ, for the name of Jesus. It, it gives us hope. Matter of fact, the circumstances, listen, it gave Daniel so much hope that it's almost like he was unstoppable in a sense. He, he was unstoppable in what God was doing in his life. And matter of fact, we see in, in verse 13 where he's thrown into the lion's den. But I love how the story goes on because in verse 18, look what it says with me this here. In verse 18 through 22, it says, Then the king went to his palace and he spent the night fasting. You say, Rick, why would he go to this palace and, and spend the night fasting? Because the king loved Daniel. But he couldn't go back and change the law hall. He tried everything he could to, to get Daniel out of it, but he couldn't get out of it. And when they throw him into the lion's den, it says he goes back and he's fasting. Matter of fact, it says no diversions were brought to him and sleep fed him from, fled from him, meaning that he didn't sleep all night. You ever have one of those nights where maybe you just can't sleep because maybe you're worried about something. That's where the king was. He was worried about it. And then at, at, listen, at break of day, the king rose and went to haste to the den of lions. You know what haste means? He ran. All right. I'm not sure why they didn't put the word run in there, but he hasted there. All right. He went to the den of lions and here's what he did. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a ton of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? So he's yelling, Daniel, has God delivered you? Here's what Daniel says. Then Daniel said to the king, O oh, king, live forever. <laughs> now, I, don't know, I don't know about you. I read that passage and I see how Daniel says, oh, king, left, live forever. I don't know if I would say, oh, king, live forever. I was thinking, I would probably be like, hey, I'm okay. Get me out of here, you jerk. All right. Hey, help me here. All right. But he didn't. He said, oh, king, live forever. The, the, the king was up all night and God saved the life of Daniel. And here's what we got to remember is this here. <laughs> Our worst days are behind us when we're trusting in God. Now there may be circumstances we follow. There may be circumstances that happen in our life. There may be things we look and go, I don't, I don't know what's happening. I don't, or even know why it's happening this way. But we can rest in him. We can trust in him. We can rely in him. Matter of fact, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, God changed my life through Jesus. And man, literally every day I can go, man, this is a day that God's given to me. And, and I'm gonna live for him no matter what happens. 
And the reason we can do that, the reason Daniel could do that, because point number two is this here. In the lion's den, God is with you. In the lion's den, God's with you. In our circumstances, God is with you and he wants to be with you. He wants to encourage you. Now, I know we would all say this here, but Rick, I don't want to go through the circumstances. I mean, I, I don't want to have tough times in my life. And I get that. Right? It's not like we woke up this morning and said, God, man, bring the worst thing to ever happen in my life. Bring it on. All right. No, if you said that, then you're weird. Okay. Because no one, no one wants that. But here's what we got to realize this here is that God is in the lion's den with us. God was with Daniel. So many times we ask the question is this here. How can I live like Daniel? Because we read the story and we think, man, how can I live like Daniel? <laughs> and here's what we got to remember is this here. Daniel knew that the battle had been won because he is God. He follows after a living God. And no matter what would happen in the lions then, whether the lions would eat him or he got saved, he knew this here. I am following after God. <laughs> Listen to the statement. He was consistent publicly because he was consistent privately. He was consistent publicly because he was consistent privately. Meaning that, man, he, he, he didn't look at that long ago. Oh, no, I better not pray. No, no, he still wouldn't pray. He spent time with God. And, man, he, before he did anything, he spent time with God. See, the, the other people, the stirrups, they thought, they thought this here. They thought, man, if we get Daniel, man, certainly he'll fall. Certainly, he, uh, man, he'll, he'll neglect the things like, like we do. Certainly, he will cut corners like we do. Certainly that, man, we, if we checked his cookies on his laptop or his, or his uh, search history, certainly we'll see things on there like, like we search. And certainly, man, he cheats on his, maybe his tax returns. And certainly he hedges on personal expenses like we do. And, and certainly they, they, but they found out that. Daniel wasn't like them at all. Matter of fact, in Daniel chapter six, verse 22, listen to what it says. It says, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. Not before the king, not before the other guys, but before God himself. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. See, Daniel, Daniel is only innocent because of what God has done. Because of what God has done in his life and he's followed after God. But Daniel's not the only one that has faced a lion's den, if you would say. Matter of fact, we, we look at the, the life of Jesus and Jesus faced his own lion's den. The story of Jesus, he came and lived a perfect life, but man, he was put on the cross to pay the price for the world's sin. That we could have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that, that God would change us to be more like him. But here's what I got to make. Here's the difference. Daniel prayed and God heard him and, Dan, and he rescued Daniel. Jesus prayed and said, my God, my God, why? And it felt like no one heard him. There was no rescue. Instead, he died on the cross for your sin and my sin and the whole world's sin. But here's what we got to remember. The worst news became the good news. Jesus died on the cross, was buried. He was put into a tomb how, with a, a rock put over it and it was sealed. <laughs> and they thought, man, Satan himself thought, man, we have defeated God himself. But three days later, God rises Jesus from the dead and he is alive today. And here's what he does. He is the ultimate Daniel. He gives us salvation through his life. 
What people thought, man, we'll just leave him for dead. God miraculously raised him from the dead and he sits on the right hand throne of the father and he is alive and he gives us hope. When I was 13 years old, I realized this here is that I needed Jesus Christ in my life. I needed a relationship with Jesus in my life. I grew up a preacher's home and, and you know, preacher's kids, man, we're, uh, they're, they're, they're preacher's kids. All right. But here's what you got to remember is this here is that, man, I need Jesus just as much as anybody else. I used to think this year that I would go to heaven because I was a good person. I, I used to think I would go to heaven because I was a, grew up in a preacher's home and I went to church all the time and we were there all the time. <laughs> and then one night I had a youth worker say to me, Rick, none of that matters. What matters is this here. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ in your life? Has there been a time you've given your life to Jesus and said, I will follow you no matter what happens in my life? God changed my life forever. The same way God, I'm sure, changes Daniel's life when that situation happens. Man, he changed my life forever. And listen to this, success in the crisis comes from success in the process. I'm a, I'm a Christ follower and every day he's changing me and he needs to change me. I, I, I am by far not perfect at all. And God's changing my life. He, he keeps growing me. I, I turned um, uh, on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> it was my birthday, all right? And you're like, you're born on Thanksgiving Day. Every now and then it falls on Thanksgiving Day. Matter of fact, growing up, my parents would say, hey, man, all the parades are for you, all right? And uh, so when I was like six or seven, I realized they weren't for me. It was after much counseling, I'm doing good though, all right? <laughs> I turned 55. Now, for some of you in here, you're like, 55, man, you're still young. For some of you sitting here, and you're like, 55, dear Lord, it's amazing that you're, a, that you're even breathing this morning, all right? 55, but look here, God's not done with me yet. God's not done with you yet. And here's what happens when circumstances come into our life. When we get squeezed, what's going to come out? When, when tough times happen, and they're going to happen because, man, we're broken, we're, we're broken because of sin, and we live in a broken world. And when those tough times happen, will we turn to God? Will we run to God and Jesus like Daniel did? I, I love my favorite verse in this is, is verse 10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Daniel knew the law. He knew if he got caught, right, he was going into the lion's den. And it's not like Daniel, it's not like he was like, man, those, man, those teeth are pretty big in the lion's mouth. All right. I'm not sure. You know what, God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just do the, my secret prayer life. So no one sees it. <laughs> but Daniel wasn't like that. He had no hesitation. Matter of fact, he had no fear in his life. Why? Because over his lifetime, there was persevering faith in his life. There was things in his life, man, that, that taught him. And you go through the book of Daniel, you'll see when they're teenagers and all the way to where he is now, where he's an older man, he's realizing his here's that, man, God is worth choosing over everything else in my life. God's worth choosing over everything else in my life. And we see people like that, even today in our churches and this church and the church that we're at now where we see people say, man, I'm, I'm going to follow God no matter what happens. Man, we've got friends who, man, have, have a 
given their life that, man, he's got a, a great paying job and their family is awesome, but they feel like God's calling them to the mission field. And he's like, we're going. And I'm going to be honest with you. When, when we first came here to plant a church, we had some people tell us, why, why would you do that? You've got a great job. We moved here. Now we grew up in Ohio, so we know how Ohio is. But when we moved here to launch a church, we moved from Panama City Beach, Florida. Now, when I say that, people always go, why, why did you do that? <laughs> we left the church. We left sunshine. We left the beach, at which I'm not a big beach person, right? But my wife and all of them, my kids, man, they love it. You know why? It's because God called us. And God calls us. Sometimes we don't understand what's happening, but we must follow after him. Persevering faith, which means this here, our third point is this here, is your best days are ahead of you. Your best days, mine and yours best days are ahead of us if we're following after God. Daniel, Daniel is 80 years old here. And I'm sure maybe by the time he gets here, he's kind of like, man, I just want to, God, I just want to kind of relax here. <laughs> man, I, I've been in Babylon for a long time. And man, it's, it's, but, but he doesn't, he, he doesn't take it easy, right? A lot of people here, uh, not in this church, but other churches, okay? They, they think this here, man, when we peak at our 40s, man, we're slowing down our 50s and 60s. And then come 70s and 80s, man, we're just waiting for God to take us home, all right? But that's not what God's saying. God's showing us here in Daniel's life <laughs> that, man, he still has plans for us no matter our age. There's a gentleman in our church by the name of Tony. Tony's 90 years old, okay? 90 years old. And Tony comes to church every Sunday. Man, I give Tony a hug every Sunday. And Tony's greeting at the, at the door. Tony's doing all kinds of things in the church. Tony, every Sunday after church, goes to a senior adult living and leads music for them at their church. I mean, he's 90 going to lead music. And literally, Tony's just saying this here, until God's done with me, I'm going to serve him all that I can. I'm telling you, I want to be like Tony. I want to be like Daniel, that man, <laughs> that man, we're, we're not missing out. We're not, we're not just saying, well, I'm, I'm on easy street. No, 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 that we're serving God. And here's what's hard sometimes is sometimes when people have tough times or circumstances come in their life, here's what they do. Instead of running to God, they, they run from God. They stop serving. They stop giving. They stop trusting. They stop uh, worshiping him. Why? Because they're trying to fix it in themselves. Daniel could not fix his problem on his own. Daniel didn't get in and go, all right, I'm, I'm trained for this. I've wrestled, I've wrestled lions before, okay? Daniel didn't go, man, I, I snuck in a knife with me, all right? Daniel, did, Daniel didn't go, man, I snuck in a gun. I, I don't think they had guns back then. Anyways, but, all right? No, no, Daniel just said, God, whatever you do, I'm, I'm, I'm yours. <laughs> and this was, this was his moment, if you would say. And God's trying to show you and I that there are some lying dead moments in our life that he wants to bring to us to bring glory to his name. Yeah, it will be tough. There's been some tough times in my life. There's probably, I'm sure a lot of us in here could say, I mean, here's some tough times in my life, but these are lying dead moments where we're saying, God, I will follow you no matter the outcome. When we do that kind of stuff, here's what happens, man. <laughs> Listen, prayer becomes a want to, not a have to. Man, we want to become generous and become joyful at it. We want to serve him. We want to do all that we can. Why? Because Jesus is the one that's won the battle for us. 
He has won the battle for you and I. And if we trust him, if we rely on him, man, he will guide us and he will direct us. Matter of fact, in Revelation chapter five, verse one through five, listen what this says. It says, then I saw at the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, a scroll written within, uh, within and, and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and seven seals. You know who this is? Jesus. He is the worthy one. He is the one that helps us. He wins the battle. <laughs> if you read Revelation, he wins the battle. He does. We don't have to guess like we did yesterday before the game. Hey, well, I'll say it win or not. We know now, all right? But look here. Jesus won the battle for you and I. And here's what he proclaims us. We follow after him. And man, he changes us to bring glory to God. And when those lying moments come into our life, we can either stand tall or we fall. See, there's, there's two type of lions. There's the lion that Simon T. Peter talks about, which is Jesus, the lion, the tribe of Judah, where true joy comes from. But there's also the lion that roars around trying to destroy you and I. We have an enemy. His name's Satan. He does not want us to live for God. But Jesus, he's the one that loved us so much, he put himself on the cross and rose again. He's the one that opens up the scrolls. He's the one that for eternity will take care of us. And so here's the question. In our lives becomes this here is which lion will you and I choose? And let me say this, okay? We read this story about Daniel. And it's an amazing story. It is. And we're like, well, man, Daniel, Daniel saved, man. If you go on and read the rest of the chapter, those guys that try to accuse him of stuff, you know what happens to them? Man, they get thrown in the lion's den along with their wives and their children. It literally says that the lions were already breaking their bones even before they hit the ground. Now, here's what we got to remember, though, because sometimes we think, God, I want my circumstances to always end like Daniel's. But sometimes they don't. Sometimes God says, oh, no, I'm, I'm taking, through, taking you through some things to mold you to be more like my son, Jesus. Matter of fact, Christians, man, many of us face temptations. And, and here's what it is. We have the, the choice whether we will compromise and give in or we will stand tall. And sometimes we think, man, here's the safest way. <laughs> man, I'll just compromise. I'll, man, I'll just I'll go with the crowd. But that's a dangerous way to go. Because the only really safe place is the will of God. See, Daniel knew that it was wrong to worship the king and pray to him. Because Daniel knew God's word. <laughs> Daniel would have rather have died obeying God's word than to live outside of God's will. That's, that's a tough statement. Because I read that statement, I was like, Lord... Am I willing just to give my life for your glory? Man, I got, I, I got a wife. I got three kids. They're awesome. I got a grandson now, man. He's awesome, all right? 
But am I willing to give my life for God even over top of what I want for them? Satan's come to ruin our life, but God has given us Jesus to rest and trust in him. My favorite verse in the Bible is Proverbs chapter three, verse five through six. It says this, trust in the Lord always with all my heart and do not lean on my own understanding. In all my ways, acknowledge him and he will direct my paths. So here's my question to you this morning. And the question to me this, will we live like Daniel and even be willing to say, God, even if you take my life, and take me home to heaven. I will, I will do whatever you want me to do. I will follow after you. Or are we going to say this, like a lot of Christians do? Come on, Rick. <laughs> Man, that's Daniel. It's the Bible. Man, we can just kind of ease our ways through this stuff. But we can't. It's literally choosing God or the world and choosing God is the best way. And where it starts is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I ask you this morning, has there been a time in your life you've given your life to Jesus? Has there been a time that you said, man, I need a relationship with Jesus Christ in my life? Because that's where it all begins. And then allow God to change us, to mold us, to help us. Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? And the band's getting ready to come back up here and they're gonna lead us in a time of worship. But with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to encourage you is this here is that if you've never given your life to Jesus, man, I'd love to afterwards talk to, talk to you. To me and Pastor Dan will be here and other, other people will be around here that you can come up and Pastor Jason and I can come up and we can share with you. Here's what that means. But maybe some of you here are there this morning and you say, Rick, I have a relationship with Jesus, but man, I'm struggling. I'm in the midst of a lion's den. Some of you may be here and say, man, I just went through it. <laughs> God is good. But some of you are in the midst of it. And why not this morning just say, Lord, would you help me? He may not change the circumstance, but if we allow him to change us, that's what matters. That's what changes us. That the Lord Jesus Christ to change us that we can stand like Daniel did for the glory of God. Father, thank you for this morning. And Lord, I pray right now as we worship you, that Lord, it would be a time of just, Lord, spending time with you for your glory and for your honor. Change us, Father. Change us to be more like you. And I ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.